Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Sax.com. This episode of the Adventure Jogger podcast brought to you by Sean Humphrey, Tobias Daniel, James Mathis, and Mariah Mattingly, and of course, all of our Patreon supporters, and you, I'm pointing right at you right now. Yes, you, the listener. The Adventure Jogger, a podcast about trail and ultra running. Meet fascinating runners from the front, middle, and back of the pack, sharing inspiring and funny stories about life and running. Running should be fun, and so should running podcasts. I'm your host, Ryan Pluckelman, and this is The Adventure Jogger. How are you, Matt? Good to chat with you. I'm good, thanks. Uh, thanks for having me. It's good to chat with you, too. We got a lot to discuss um, that works into the shoe business and all of that, but I kind of want to get your your story yeah. first, Matt. Matt, are, were, okay. are you a runner? Have you always been a runner? We'll start there. Okay, uh, sure. No, uh, again, thanks for having me on. Um, to answer the question in, in the shortest, most uh, concise possible way is no. I have not always been a runner. Um, I'm a little bit bigger guy, so basketball was my was my sport that I always tried to to follow and chase as a, as a younger man. And uh, back then, you know, basketball courts are 94 or 96 feet long. I forget which exactly, but. You know, if you had to run past that to go to 100 feet, that was uh, too long of a run. <laughs> it was end, end line to end line and turn around and run back uh, was about all I could handle at one point in time. So, um, no, did uh, did basketball into my late 20s, got injured like everybody, blew my knee out, um, got into golf for quite a long time, and uh, that was a lot of fun. And then did the, you know – get a little older, I got to start doing something. So I went to the gym and uh, just short, short runs and finally decided I kind of liked it and really, really got hooked on the running part of working out and staying in shape and, and getting into running a lot more is uh, right around Thanksgiving. One year, my brother called me and said, Hey, you ever heard of this thing called a Spartan race? I'm like, no. He's like, good. We're doing one in January. <laughs> and <laughs> And I'm like, okay, sure. And then sometime after I Googled what is Spartan and saw the, uh, the nine miles of fun or whatever it is I had coming to my, coming my way. So that kind of is like, oh boy, I'm glad he told me now I got to start actually doing some running and training so that I can make it through the end of this race. And ever since then, I've been, I've been considering myself a runner. So I'm, I'm very much, uh, solid middle of the pack age group, never a threat for the podium. <laughs> But um, 
you know, unless everybody in front of me doesn't show up on a particular day. But, um, you know, I think like like most people, you get into it and you, you challenge yourself. You do it for the love. You do it for the practice that leads to the races and all the good things you get uh, out of that. The God honest truth is, Matt, you know, especially when it comes to trail running, you, are, you never can count, yeah. count yourself out. Because if there's a big pack of leaders and they all make the same wrong turn and you make the right turn. <laughs> yes. See, now, now you're now you're a betting man like me. I'm going to bet that the 15, 20 people in front are going to take that wrong turn and, right. you know, go out and move the tape on the track so that they have to go that way or something like that. You never know, too, when a sinkhole will open up <laughs> and swallow the first half of the of the field. So. Yeah. It could happen. It could happen. <laughs> it, it, it might happen, and I need to be in that race for the first time that it does happen. Isn't it so funny, though, Matt? Because having heard hundreds of runners' stories to how yeah. they find the world, especially of trail and ultra running, so mm-hmm. many of them start with, I didn't like running, right? There, there was a sport right. that yeah. you did. Like, I'm sure yeah. in high school, Matt, you're playing basketball you got practice and when coach says all right guys we're running wind sprints end of the end of the court and back you are like this is stupid you know you saw the cross-country team and you're like look at these weirdos why (laughs) would anybody why would anybody want to to do this and it's so funny how running will just find you at the right time and it'll sneak up on you and there you are you're you know, you can't play basketball anymore because of bad knee. You're playing yep. golf. You know, and, and we and we find out it's so funny that we think any sport through our 20s and 30s will keep us fit, right? Yep. <laughs> We're like, oh, yep. totally. Yeah, I just got to play 18 every once in a while, and I'll be fine. Right. And then we have that moment of clarity where it's like, listen, this is not going to. <laughs> stop me from becoming a blob right (laughs) right 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 exactly and you go to the gym and you know the working out's fun and then you you hop on the treadmill because you read somewhere that cardio is important right right you're like i gotta knock this out and then you just find that oh well wait a minute this isn't so bad yeah yeah yeah, I don't know if it's like, uh, you know, uh, I'd like to claim a little bit of maturity. So maybe maybe I got a little bit more mature um, as I got older and figured that out. The other part was, you know, the the other sports coaches using running as a punishment. You know, like you guys didn't hit 10, 15 free throws or, or uh, free throws or lay-ins or whatever they called in practice. And it's like, all right, guys, go around the building, go do the mile loop and get back here as fast as you can. And it's like, oh, it was it's punishment right it's not running for the joy it's it's, you did you screwed up you did something wrong and now you gotta go do this other thing so you wonder how many people miss out on the benefits that running provides not only the health benefits right but just the mental benefits the community benefits because i I just don't know what it is man but it seems like people that like to run really seem to like other people that run because we're the only people that care you know it's like exactly yeah yeah that's true absolutely 100 percent. so yeah you miss out because yeah every sport they had growing up was you're right running is a punishment it isn't until later in life that they go like oh running can be therapy as well it's not just a punishment it can be something that adds so much to someone's life 
Um, you probably, you know, basketball Matt at age eighteen never would have yeah. expected in a million years that not only would you be involved in a running shoe company, we'll get to that, uh, but also trail running and running mm-hmm. long distances. You'd be like, get out, no, get out of here. Yeah, yeah, no, without a doubt, uh, he would have thought future Matt was crazy if you're telling him about, you know, what I would have turned into or what I'm doing now. Um, so, yeah, it's just, just funny how life life makes those changes, and it's also kind of funny that, you know, you you hear about it more and more, certainly with, with your podcast and certainly with other places. You, like you said, you run by somebody on the trail and start talking to them or whatever, and it's the same thing. Hey, have you always been around? And certainly there are runners who ran through high school and into college and keep doing it, and those are the real crazy people. The rest of us kind of come back around to it and kind of – life and happenstance get get sucked into it but um yeah it's definitely uh never would have thought that and heck even a year or two before i started running longer distances i wouldn't have believed you if you would have told me that that's what i'd be doing <laughs> like i'm a golfer what are you talking yeah. about yeah. i drive ride the cart yeah. <laughs> right, right we're yeah. not gonna walk this yeah. 18 we're taking the cart yeah. why would anyone want to do that it is so funny you can always what? tell the folks matt that have been running their whole life. Generally, they're the thinner and faster ones. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And now to, I got to take a point of credit back for myself because I did walk the 18 holes, but it was only more because I was a golf purist rather than anything to do with running or exercise or anything like that. So for me, I wanted to, I pushed my cart, but I'd either carry my bag or push my cart and try and walk everywhere. So I at least tried to do that little teeny tiny bit <laughs> of exercise and pull the golfers ever so slightly closer to the athlete line rather than being pushed below it. <laughs> All your friends that would golf with you are like, oh crap, Matt's got to yeah, walk yeah. the damn thing. It's going to take us yeah. hours oh, to yeah. play. We'll have to wait for him, you know, because he's yeah. not going to want to ride in the cart. He's going to push his, his nope. little wheel cart push his little trolley yeah 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 <laughs> absolutely that's me so i show come rolling up to the tee hi guys can i join They're like ooh, no uh take the group behind us you know <laughs> you were the guy that everyone was mad behind you going like oh yeah crap. oh god it's the purest well, a, right right well i do have long legs so i can i can huff pretty good and that's my one of my magical strengths on trail running now is i can i can power hike up a hill pretty darn fast so yeah that saves me a little bit it's amazing what long legs can do. So you're in the yeah, running world. Yeah. You know, you're you're enjoying exercise. You found this new sport, this new love. Most of us at this point, Matt, will, you know, wander through some different shoe brands. Um, I mm-hmm. take a lot of heat from yeah. my friends because the first trail race that I ran, uh, it was a very rocky and rooty course. And I wore the original plastic Anton Kaprichka, New Balance, Minimus. I think that they were the Ooh. 110s yep. that had yep. like no cushion, yeah. nothing. Because I saw these commercials with this guy who looked like Jesus wearing these plastic shoes. And I was like, well, surely this will make me a superstar. And and how Absolutely. I would end up. Yeah. And they, I've, I've wandered through Saucony and I've, you know, Nike. Yeah. And, and I've, I've raved about Pearl Izumi and how... They'll, I'll never forgive that company for taking the the Trail N2 away from us. How dare they? You know, I, I've tried I've tried them all. I've tried ultras. Yeah. I've tried I've yeah. tried them all. Yeah. We kind of wander into this world of trying different things and finding things that we like and finding yeah. shoes that we don't like, and then we stick to a brand. Most of us do it that way. 
yeah. you, you, Matt, decided, I need to get into the shoe game. <laughs> I need to get involved somehow. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's interesting. There's a, there's actually some decent, if you stretch your mind a little bit and come with me down this magical path, there's yeah. actually some similarities between, uh, at least I find, golf and, and trail running and, and running in general is one of the biggest is obviously you can go run the same trail that the pros do, right? Like you yeah. could go do the UTM Bay track today. Um, and that's one of the nice things about golf is you can go play, you can watch a golf course on TV and then you can go there and play, you know, for the most part, there are private courses and all of that kind of stuff. But for the most part, you can go play the courses that you watch on TV in the pros place. So yeah. that always appealed to me um, from the golfing side. And then also from the running side, it's pretty cool. Um, the other thing that golfers and runners have in common is, uh, and I like to say it in the golfing parlance is you could, they're always trying to buy themselves a better game. So every year when the magazines come out with the, mm -hmm. the club guide and the driver right. guide and yeah. the ball guide, right? Those are the hot sellers every single year for the magazine, because what, what, what's the driver I have to get? What are the irons I have to get? What are the ball I have to get? And with running, it's a little different because you really truly honestly only need, a pair of shoes, right? I mean, you could run naked through the through the woods and, and not worry about any of that stuff, or just go grab some old gym shorts. But if you didn't have shoes on, you'd kind of get hurt. At least most of us would. Right. So, shoes are, like you said, that is the one that as runners we we get behind. We form factions. We get. I'll never run in those, or I wish you know. Like you were just talking about shoes that are what 15, 20 years old now that haven't been around, <laughs> right. um, and you still remember it, and your feet and brain have this connection with that, and and that that's the beauty of that kind of stuff. So, um, I think there's a lot of similarities. And when I was doing more trail running and getting into you know getting ready to run the longer distances, so more and more running, and doing some of the OCR stuff, you know that's since I was coming out of the golf world, that's what I gravitated. What pack do I need? What shirt are they wearing? What shoes do I need to wear? And that's always, of course, where it came to. And I, you know, I live in Portland, Oregon. So it's kind of the home of the shoe sporting, sporting shoe world yeah. here with Nike and all of the other people having uh, U.S. headquarters at the very least here. Um, and so I kind of grown up knowing people that went Nike. My wife worked at Nike for 11 years. So I've always been kind of around the shoe, never really a shoe guy, but always around the shoe world just because of where I live. And uh, so, yeah, when I started doing more of the trail running, it was like, hmm, what are those? Hmm, what are those? And, and checking things out and, and getting really into it a little bit more. Another, and, um, it's funny, you're talking about the equipment and, and tying that in, tying the golf, you, their equipment, yeah, people try yeah. to buy a better game. Runners will try yeah. to buy a better time. And you think about yes. too, another, another similarity between golf gear and running gear is there was a period of absurdity. Like remember what was, what would be the early, yeah. like late nineties, when these people had these 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 giant drivers, like these <laughs> yeah, like, the, the, big birth, right, the big Bertha, yeah. you know, like this this yes, thing, yeah. right? It's the size of a small car. Yeah. Like you're swinging a yeah. Geo Metro at the ball, hey. <laughs> and then you look 100%. at your percent, right, yeah. right. and then you look at some of the absurd shoe styles that we've right, had to deal right. with. Um, I, I think of you know the Minimus brand, which was great for some people, but not great for others. And then I, I believe the probably the most absurd 
trail running shoe ever made, and I may get the name wrong. It was the Hoka 9-9, which had that really long heel, like that heel that stuck oh, out in yes. the back about yeah. four or five inches. Yeah. And and first yeah. of all, when you saw that, much like when you saw the big Bertha drivers, you're like, that's not real. Yeah. It can't possibly be real. Yeah. And then you saw one at the golf shop, and you're like, my God, that's how I can't even fit that in my car. Yeah. I can't even get that home. I'm going to leave exactly. that here. Yeah. I got to buy a new golf bag to fit that in. I mean, it's <laughs> right, not going to work. Right. That's what they're hoping right. on. You got to buy a new golf yeah. bag. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The same thing when you yeah, saw those nine nines. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by sax.com. At sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch, find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. They, they, they think both of them and uh, there's obviously other sports yes. in other industries, but they really like to push the envelope, right? Mm-hmm. So we went through, you know, when Hocus came out, we were kind of at a minimal phase in, in the industry of shoes and everything like the minimus and other shoes was, you know, barefoot had its thing. And there are still some disciples of that, you know, Hoka came out and they pushed the pillows and, and there's now other companies are coming out with more of that than they've gone down. It just, it's always pushing the boundaries left, right, up and down. And, um, I think the shoes are the same way. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're pushing foam, they're pushing materials, they're pushing all this other stuff. And it's innovation, uh, which I think does help people uh, to some degree. And then there's some, um, there's some just, you know, got to change the color and get new sales for next year. There's a little, you know, to be honest, you've got to do that sometimes too. Because right. honestly, people who as consumers, we are trained to buy new, you know, we want the new thing. And uh, so that's why co- product companies comply. They, they give us what we want. Right. Hype and marketing. Sometimes there's some great yeah, innovations yeah. that change yeah, the world. Yeah. And other times there's just a lot of hype and marketing that would like to convince you yeah. that the world is changed when it hasn't really yeah. uh, d- done that much. Yeah. So, so Matt, your shoe journey kind of, oh, yeah. did, well, where did it start? So, yeah, no, that's a great question. So when I was doing, um, I was kind of focused on the Spartan races and more the obstacle side, but of course they're a running race. So you have to run. You can't just spend your time in the gym. You have to be on the trails and, and run. So I was, I was doing a lot of that and I kept, you know, I was paying attention to the the pro league and the pro level and there were professional athletes doing this, which I thought was just the coolest thing ever that these people were getting paid, you know, money to, to go be athletes and do this thing. And I thought that was the coolest thing ever. So when you go to one of the races and you run the same course that they just did and you know they're done in an hour and it takes you two plus hours or whatever to do it but you you know that's you get to see what they're wearing and so that's where it kind of started was like what are what are what are the pros wearing what are the guys and the gals that are so fast and so good what are they wearing and i remember a couple years in a row spartan always did their world championships in, in lake tahoe and uh john albin would come over and win or play second he'd be on the podium and he always had these goofy looking shoes from this weird company and people would interview him after after the podium or after the race and say hey john what do you got and hey tell us about those shoes you know it always they always try to bring it up and yeah. say, oh these are vjs and like oh cool well you know give them a plug give them a, you know give them a solid tell the folks out there where they can buy it and he was his kind of stock answer was um 
well, you can't buy over here, mate. And that was kind of the end of the conversation. It was just period. And, you know, what's your next question kind of a thing? And he's, he's British. So it's just very matter of fact. And you can almost hear it in a British accent, right? It's like, you can't buy over here, mate. Next. Um, you know, and, it's like, and um, so my background for my professional career has been selling products to retail stores. So putting products on the shelf of retailers, usually in the electronics category. So phone cases, chargers, cables, computer accessories, things like that. So I've got experience doing that. And I heard John say that one year and I reached out to the company and had a quick conversation with them and they didn't seem super interested. And then the next year, same thing, John came over and did the same thing. Oh, these are the brand new VJs. I helped them with the design. I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool, you know? And yeah. he's, he's up there winning. So I reached back out to the company and um, we kept talking and kept talking. And eventually, um, uh, was it uh, 2017, I think, in December, I got my first shipment of VJ um, Extremes and uh, flipped on the, the on switch on the website and went and had Christmas with my family. And I was going out to dinner and that week between Christmas and New Year's completely forgotten the website. This is a January problem, right? I'm not right, there yet. This right. is December. This is family. <laughs> We're going out to dinner and I grab my phone and all of a sudden it goes that, you know, that cash register, ka-ching yeah. kind of sound. My phone starts doing that. I'm like, what the? And it was, you know, and everyone's looking at me like, oh, Matt's buying dinner. And I'm like, no, 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 that's not it. Bad phone, bad phone. And, um, I finally figured out what notification it was. It was my Shopify store saying, hey, you just sold a pair of shoes. I'm like, wow, that was pretty cool. And so kind of January of uh, 19 is when we started and um, started selling the shoes. And so I, I've said before, I think I kind of have been getting my, uh, my master's in shoes. And now I'm kind of working on my PhD in shoes of design and material i don't design them that's done overseas in finland but i get some i get to say some things and have some input and work with them just a little bit on some of that stuff so you think about the marketing just we'll go to the the obstacle course racing world for a second when you've got a champion that people are saying what are you wearing and he keeps saying you can't have them yes like he didn't know, right? He didn't know this at the time, right? He was just, no. uh, you can't have these, mate. Answering the question. Right, yeah. exactly. But years and years of telling people, you can't have these, nothing makes yeah. people want something more <laughs> than telling yes. them repeatedly, you can't have these. Oh, man, Ryan, you just figured out my incredibly brilliant marketing insight for the first year of the company. <laughs> that was all it was. Because <laughs> satisfying people's longtime demand and also signing some pretty dang good pros to pitch the product at the same time. But yeah, it was, uh, it seemed like a, a, a simple thought. I don't know why VJ didn't want to set anything up over here themselves, but I'm totally happy that, uh, you know, I'm the one that's bringing it in here to the US. So I'm, that's, it's worked out pretty well. I've I've talked to to Golden Harper, who is the brains behind uh, Ultra Shoes, and and his story. If you want to listen back to that mm -hmm. episode, folks, let's go way back to the Adventure Jogger. You can hear the entire story yeah. of Ultra Shoes. And one of the things that struck me, Matt, about my my conversation with Golden, is mm -hmm. he had a different take on shoes than really anybody else was having, and, and he was taking it in a different yep. different direction of how complicated it was 
to get even people to listen to get a shoe yeah. made like you just think it's like mm-hmm. let's design a shoe and then it'll magically show up on on, on shelves it is yeah, yeah. incredibly hard to break yeah. into the retail space especially when you know you're the new guy on the block or some well, of those challenges yeah you're the, just the new guy period completely different exactly right, right and then doing something yeah so yeah it's interesting i had a I, I got to meet those guys way back when i don't remember the year but one of their first years out at outdoor retailer trade show um i was there with a with a bluetooth speaker company and yeah. we signed up kind of late and they did kind of late too they were we were both pretty low down the hierarchy of the brands yeah. at outdoor retailers so we got shoved into the giant tent in the parking lot um that was out there at outdoor retailer and they were a couple booths away from us and i went over and saw them and i was just starting to get into shoes and work it out a little bit and i actually ended up trading them one of our big huge bluetooth speakers for two or three pairs of shoes and so i had some <laughs> some old ultras and that was when they were all the minimal you know thought back then and so i had i had me some uh, some old minimal ultras that i rotated through and wore out for way back when and that was I had no clue what I was doing or talking to him about or anything, but really good people, super excited people in the booth for what yeah. they were doing, their mission, you know, that they were bringing to the world. Uh, they definitely all believed in in what they were doing. So just kind of a weird little happenstance there. You probably had the original superiors. Everybody raves yeah. about the original superiors. And you can always tell like the old school ultra junkies because they'll be like, they ruined it. Superior two completely ruined that shoe. <laughs> yeah. Completely ruined it. Yeah. See, see, there's a whole thing. You get behind the brand. You get behind the shoe model or the the product, and yeah, get to be a fanatic. But for so you, part. I mean, you you're able to take some of the complexities out. You didn't have to find a factory in China to make your shoes. Right. Like you weren't right. going overseas and trying to look at sweatshops and going, which sweatshop do I feel okay with? Exactly. Somebody, right? Yeah, somebody yeah, else was handling yeah. all of that for you. But you did have some unique challenges bringing in a relatively unknown brand of shoes oh. to the American market. Yeah, yeah. And it's, uh, you know, one of the advantages is that I get to talk to retailers and customers things about now is that, um, you know, and I get to, you know, still get it all the time and I will for years and years. Oh, what's the brand? And I have to spell out VJ. That's the name of the company, VJ Shoes. Um, and people are like, oh, I've never heard of it. You know, who are you? And I say, well, the good news is we're kind of new to the U.S. So we've been doing it for a couple of years. Um, but the really good news is the company's been doing it for 40 years. I'm not just some guy with an idea who kicked up a <laughs> Kickstarter and I'm hoping to bring some shoes over at some point in my life if I can, you know, get over to China or um or Korea and see the factories, like you said, and right. go to the factory tour. Um, these guys have it all down and they've got it dialed. And um, so that's the advantage. But yeah, it's, you know, it, it is a completely unknown. I would even say small. Uh, I wore micro. We're, we're a teeny tiny uh, brand in a teeny tiny little market and trying to expand into the greater trail running, you know, world because we've got some really good products. Um, and the other thing is, you know, the, the, the part of the world that, that, we, that we play in our little playground trail running 
is such a small piece of the big, you know, people yeah. say running shoes. I'm like, oh my God, Nike, $50 billion. Right. I'm like, well, <laughs> no, let's, let's bring that down just a little bit here. And trail running is just such a small part of, of running in general. And then you get to the types of running where our shoes really shine. Like you were saying, rocky, rooty, muddy, twisty trails. If you're just going to go do the, uh, you know, if your trail is where moms can push their strollers, you don't really need our shoes. You know, you need, right. you don't need the wide flat gravel, you know, that's just pushing, pushing. You need, you need to go up and get in, get them dirty. You need to go up and get them messy. Um, and so we do have a product that kind of appeals to the higher level of runners who are trying to do those, you know, I need, you know, 6,000 feet of vert in the next 10 days, you know, and have to know what that means and where to go with it and things like that. So it's, it's a small slice of a small slice of a small slice. And we're just, when I say micro, even that might be too much, uh, too much grandiose for, for our brand. Cause when I looked at you at, at your website and just checked out yeah. VJ shoes, looking at the different models that you have, you obviously have those models that are made more for obstacle course racing, but yeah. you have really jumped into the ultra running space because you have a shoe called the ultra, uh, the ultra two. Now right. you're the second iteration of that shoe. Yes. Uh, you have the max. So you have this max cushioned shoe, unless the name is just, because of the guy who designed its name was Max, but it looked like there was a lot of a lot yeah. more cushion uh, on that version. You have a version yeah. specifically more for like like slick surface ice running called the Ice Hero. It seems like grip, like a lot, like everybody has their little niche, yeah. right? For for Hoka, it's yeah. like. You ain't gonna, I'll tell you what, you don't need a rock plate because you ain't going to feel those rocks because we got a lot of cushion. Exactly. Right? Exactly. No, that's a great way of saying that. Right. Yeah. And ultras is, guess what? I hope your Achilles is strong because these are zero drop, baby, and you're going to adjust differently and this is going to make your knees feel better and all that and it's going to be right. great. For you, you seem to have said where we can fit in is we can provide grip no more slipping and sliding because when i look at the space yep. there's not a yep. whole lot of shoes that really kind of push the grip i think i think yeah. the the hoka speed goat is probably the only shoe that really rests its name on i mean you, you're not going to slip in this thing this thing you know carl Meltzer. if we if you slip in it carl will apologize for you yep. um but he'll, it he'll does come and time yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. he'll run the rest of the race for you go sorry you slipped yeah, i'm gonna they... run the, the rest of this for you but it does seem like that this brand and i don't know if this is their niche in in finland but it does seem like you're really doubling down on the fact that the grip yep. is your thing yeah yeah, I, I think that's that's great that you got that from our website. That is absolutely where where the brand is. Uh, it's their strong point, and it is the marketing point that we do try and drive home. They have a, a little marketing slogan that's the best grip on the planet, mm -hmm. and I mean that just that nails it um, pretty completely. And I I actually you know when people when I say that when I'm meeting people, I love going to events and having my tents and putting shoes on people for the first time, and I still like that face to face. And I'll tell them, you know, the best grip on the planet. And they're like, you know, you always get that. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, right. sure. Like, yeah, I've heard yeah, that before, totally. buddy. <laughs> exactly. And so I'm like, look, come here. I'll tell you a secret. Like, see me? See that? I'm not smart enough to think of that right there. <laughs> that phrase right there. That phrase right there. That's what our athletes told us. The ones who are out winning races, mm -hmm. living 
they only eat next week if they win a race today so they can buy peanut butter and jelly, you know, so they can cash their check and eat some peanut butter and jelly next week. Those are the people that we trust with our shoes and who have given us this catchphrase. And that tr- that, that's a little bit of an exaggeration, but the athletes <laughs> have come back and they actually did, were the genesis for that of the best grip on the planet. And of course, athletes like everybody are like, oh yeah, send me some shoes. I'll tell you if it's the best grip on the planet. Right. And I've, I've accepted that challenge a couple of times. Enough times, you know, don't don't write in and challenge me because <laughs> I've already accepted this. Um, if you're and, thinking and this, I need to find Matt's email so I can say, right, oh, really? Right, best grip? Let me put that to the <laughs> test and send me three pairs I'll of free shoes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're been there, done that. You know, in in January 2019, I might have fallen for that, but, uh, but not today. Um, that was four years ago. I've learned a lot. Exactly. Since then. I've learned a lot since then. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Um, but the and athletes will, you know, you have on the trails that you like to run, you have that one spot where if it's been raining for a little bit or snowy like i gotta tippy toe or even come to a full walk because i'm I'm gonna come down the hill hard 90 degrees across the wet wooden bridge if i do that too aggressively i'm sliding right off the bridge and right into the creek or whatever right absolutely yeah i I always think of some of the sections like you know like frozen head state park is so iconic for the barkley marathons right it's such a fun place to go run anyway I, i have no desire to run barkley um, I couldn't make it half a lap. I couldn't even make it to the first book. But I do love running out there because it is such a beautiful space that is still, even with the popularity of the races, is still generally a place you can go and not be bothered. So nice. there's always sections there that are wet. They're rocks that are wet and mossy. Yeah. And, uh, and it's just nothing yeah. sticks on those dang things. And that's always when I think of it, like, Try and grip out on a shoe. I always think like, how will this be? That's where you go. Right. On those yeah. on yeah. those slick yeah. rocks, those smooth rocks yeah. with moss on it that are wet. Yeah. And everybody has those in their runs and everything. And that's where we have, you know, that's where people get them out of the box. It says right on the box when you open it, best grip on the planet. You lift it up and it's like, welcome to the team. And you're like, All right, we'll see you Saturday morning for the long run. Right. Let's see what you can do then, right? And you know we're not magic right we're not you know harry potter boots or anything they're going to stick you to the ground but um most of the reports i get back are yeah we pass with flying colors they are truly the best grip of anybody's shoes they've ever tried now they may not like them for other reasons but even people who want to return the shoes are like dude these this grip was freaking phenomenal i love it but i don't like it for this or that or whatever and that's the beauty about shoes is and why they make some money is because all of our feet are so different right. that you have to make all these different shoes. So we can't we can't be that way for everything. But everybody who has given them the try has has said, yeah, I can see why you say that. I'm not arguing with your your marketing prowess um, on your tagline or your catchphrase. There. So we have to talk about that for a second because when it comes to grip, especially grip on slick surfaces, 
softer rubber does better on slick surfaces. But softer rubber does not have a lifespan. You'll 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 burn through yeah. a softer a softer rubber sole than you will a harder rubber sole. And so nowadays, especially at, at you know, you get over the $150 price point, people are gonna be like, I got a hundred miles out of these things. The grip was fantastic. So how do you solve that that trouble then? How do you solve that problem of if you want yeah. grip, you've got to go soft, but soft is not going to give you longevity. Yeah, no, that's that's 100% true. And that's where the scientists kind of get involved with the rubber. The, the lab the coats, you're like, we leave that to the lab problem. coats, baby. Yeah, well, and, and I'm, I'm getting there, but it's it's you you mix the rubber compound for what you want. You mm-hmm. want durability, you're going to mix, mix it this way and it's going to be harder and not rub off. You might... You want it softer and that's what all these other companies do but vj actually takes a little bit different route and we're actually using just butyl rubber which is a natural 100 percent butyl rubber it's more expensive it's harder to work with when we're making the outer soles so it costs more um but you actually do get both worlds you get the grip and you get the durability from it so we've had now i don't recommend this and i'm citing extreme edge cases but we've had thousand miles 1200 miles uh in our shoes people send me a picture of the bottom and there's the nubs are worn down the the lugs are worn down but they're still there and they're still using i just raced in this this last weekend it was awesome (laughs) but i think i need another pair i'm like yeah you probably do um and and so you know the three things we kind of pride ourselves on are are, are, um, the grip and then durability and and the support for your foot so we're going to fit your foot better in the instep and the heel and in the toe box and that's you know everybody tries for that we try for that but we also try for durability um and that's where you also get that what's going to wear out first the upper or the sole and 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 a lot of our shoes and the the customer stories i get back from everybody in my own personal experiences it's a battle and you know not there isn't one that goes first like if you use too soft of a nylon or too easy of a nylon you're going to put a big toe or a pinky toe through the sidewall you know right at some point the crease from running is going to burn a crease into it or the bottom, like you said, if it's too soft, the bottom's going to wear out. Even if the upper's looking good, you're like, yeah, but you know, they're slicks. I don't right, like slicks. I'm right. not a racing slick guy. Um, and so with ours, and again, four and a half years, gosh, I'm actually getting really close to five years of doing this now. Um, it, that's not it. We do get the durability from the uppers. We get the durability from the, the rubber um from the outsole and it's it's just a really good mix uh, of the two components so we we do some of the old school stuff we stitch the uppers to the midsole you know not everybody does that a lot of times it's just glue and that can come up a little bit we always stitch that you look at the when the rubber comes up and the toe guard part of the yeah. front we'll stitch that to the front so we we do take some extra steps and put some extra money and time into building a quality product that's going to be durable Another challenge that I would think that a European company, here you've got a Scandinavian company uh, that's been building shoes for Scandinavian runners, European runners for 40 years. Um, This is science, folks. This is not me, you know, pulling something out of my rear end. Generally, American feet are much bigger than European feet. Ask Solomon. They understood that because- Man, you said. Yeah. So- 
how did you attack? You said that so politically correct. I don't even say it that nicely. <laughs> that was good. I was wondering how you were going to. I knew where you were going. I didn't know how you were going to get there, though. It was, that was a fun journey. I well, yeah, that. I'm glad. I'm glad you're able to take it with me, Matt. We're having a fun journey together. Yeah, yeah. But that had to have been something for you. You had to say, like, listen, Sven, uh, we got big feet here in the United States. If I'm bringing these things yep. over here and the only people that can wear them are the ballerinas at the local, you know, uh, college, yep. that doesn't help me any. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I do slightly less politically correct, but I'll keep it G-rated <laughs> for, for everyone here. But um the, the the Scandinavians, the Nordic people, have uh, feet like their Nordic skis. You know, they're just long and thin, and mm -hmm. they don't go out. And we have hobbit feet over here. Even if you don't have a big foot, it's a hobbit foot compared to them. And so, uh, no, that that honestly, that is the biggest thing that I work with the factory on that I push every single year. I need a shoe for the American market. That's where the Ultra came from. I was pushing for that and brought them. You know, they were thinking about it. I'm like, yes. Thick cushion, thicker cushion, our kind of grip, our kind of upper. Yes, they did do it on a little bit wider last. So there's more room. And, and we always get it in the toe box. That's where people are instantly, if their shoes are going to be too narrow, it's the toe box. Everyone, so many, not everyone, so many people love the heel getting right. locked in yeah. really well. They love the mid, the instep, the, the midfoot lockdown is awesome. And they're like, yeah, but then my hobbit feet have nowhere to go. And they're just crushed in, in the toe box. So, if someone's if our shoes aren't going to work for someone they'll know it immediately um but i worked with a company and we we got the ultra and then um you know it just just to make sure that you know hijinks abound for everything is <laughs> i actually think they uh, they miss sized the sizes and i think that what was supposed to be a nine got marked as an eight and a half so <laughs> Some of the ultras originally were too short. Everyone's like, God, the toe box width is awesome, but my toes cram right into the end. I'm gonna have to get a half size up anyways. I'm like, oh no, <laughs> you can't be doing that. <laughs> so uh, with the ultra two, I think they kind of fixed that. And we've got, uh, you know, we do have some new products coming out in, in early next year that um, I think they've really addressed that. And I'm super, super excited. So I think, um, I think my battle is not one, with them yeah. until I have five, six or seven different shoe models that everybody over here in the US is like, yeah, these are pretty good. Um, I will be continually pushing them on um, product meetings and things like that. Let's go a little wider. Um, so, and the funny thing is, is, you know, I know they can do it because the, the ice heroes that you mentioned, mm -hmm. the, those actually have um, the studs in the outsole. Those are actually winter running shoes that are designed as running shoes to run in the winter. Um, and so the studs that they have in the bottom of those shoes are actually the same studs you get in your studded tires. So they actually go to the same factory and get the same actual studs <laughs> that you get. And since they've been doing studded shoes, the first shoe they ever made, and I never ever even gave you the origin story for VJ, but the first shoe they ever made was an orienteering shoe with studs in it. Because in orienteering, you can use studs, even though it's not winter, you can, well, you can run anytime you want. Um, and so they've been doing that and the winter running shoes are bigger and wider and comfier. And in their mind, it's like, oh, well, of course you're gonna have your thick woolen socks on. Like, no, you're gonna have an American <laughs> foot shoved in there, make them bigger. <laughs> we're probably like, you're sitting there going, listen, guys, I don't get this. Why is the ice shoe the only shoe that fits our big American Hobbit feet? And they're like, 
That's because you got to wear socks, big wool socks in the winter. You're like, no, 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 no. no well, hey, can you design no. some more wool sock shoes for me, please? Yes. Can you put some exactly. big wool socks on your feet and design me some ultras? Some ultra running there shoes. There you go. That's what I'm asking for. That's what I'm asking for. So yeah, they're they're definitely getting better. They're you know it's it's taken a while. Like anything, they're so far ahead in the design phase of what's coming out. You know, 2025 is done. 26 is mostly done. So just like everybody else, where you got to design so far into the future for these things that uh, it's tough to get that um, the aircraft carrier turned in the ocean. Right, you know, it just right. takes so long. Yeah. To, to get it back on course so they're definitely working on it. every model that has come out i mean i get i see all of the customer service emails so i see people like okay this is much better you know people are people are pretty good with their praise and they're very open with their complaints so we get to hear both sides of it um, if it's anything that social media has taught us it has taught yeah. people that everybody wants to hear everything you're thinking all the time. Don't be afraid. <laughs> all the time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so no, they're they are you you nailed it. They they are just they're used to designing for a different foot shape. I guess that's one way of saying it. And I'm, you know, with the size of the US market, the success that we've had so far, they want to keep building. So we're getting better and better each shoe model. I would think too that when you first approached them all those years ago when you were obstacle course racing and this guy's wearing these strange shoes that nobody can get and they kept yeah. kind of ignoring your emails and i and i wonder too there must have been something I, I don't know what you said to convince them like listen let me just try it but at some point it does seem like you gave them enough information data sales to go like okay this guy and this guy out west in America is obviously on to something. Let's stop ignoring his emails. He might be on to this American. Yeah. Uh, there's there's space in the American trail running shoe market for us. Yeah. Was there a yeah. moment like that? Well, probably something went off in their head. Um, my it is actually a kind of a push and pull journey from both sides because initially. I had a day job and I was like, Hey, I'm happy with this. I'm, you know, I'm building up. I've got my, my 25 years of industry contacts and everything. I don't need to start into a completely brand new industry. And yes, it's still selling to retail and margin stacks are the same and I can deal with the reps and I get all of that stuff, but it's a different category. I don't want to learn all that. I wanted to just run their Amazon store. I'm like, what? Here's my harebrained idea. Why don't you guys just send a bunch of shoes over? I'll run the Amazon store and maybe I'll make enough to pay for my annual pass at Spartan and a couple of trail races and get a couple of free pairs of shoes and I can do it, you know, 10 hours a month or something like that. <laughs> They're like, so they had to go through the whole thing, like you said, as this crazy American dude with this weird idea. But they also knew that they wanted a basically a full service distributor. They wanted somebody to own the territory and be sales, marketing, returns, warehousing, all of the things. And I knew instantly or, or I knew what they wanted because I've done that as a U.S. sales company setting up in Germany or U.K. And I hand all of our stuff to somebody over there and say, OK, now you are company X or YZ or whatever in the UK, you go do your stuff. And I didn't want them to dump that on me. I wanted them to keep doing all the work and I just wanted to run the Amazon store. So it was definitely kind of a push both ways, pull both ways kind of a thing. And I think um, I think the final agreement was um, 
after John came over the second time and I just saw, like you said, product market fit, it just kept hitting me in the head like a baseball bat. I'm like, there's something here. I don't know if it can get big at all. And I don't even right now know how I define big. Right. But I'm pretty convinced I can do this and not get hurt financially. And that honestly, from my point of view, was kind of like the the bar to step over. It's like if I buy some of these shoes, put them up on a website, I, you know, I have a place I can store them and ship them from from my house, just like so many people do with their first products company. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty convinced that even if nobody buys them at full retail, I can do a one and done and make my money back, you know, and it'd be a huge experience. Maybe I lose a couple hundred bucks or a thousand bucks or something like that. But I'm convinced there is enough um, juice for the, for the product. Um, so, yeah, we finally finally worked out an agreement. And I don't know if it was them pulling me or me pulling them more. I think it was really kind of both sides. That's pretty impressive because there is that old joke. How do you how do you make a millionaire? Give someone a billion dollars and tell them to start a shoe company. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. I could see that for sure. Um, so yeah, that was uh, that. So and you know, one thing I kind of gloss over is VJ got started forty years ago, but they were the typical American entrepreneur kind of thing. They scratched their own itch. The founder was an orienteer and that is a huge sport in the nordic region and um he wanted to be better and didn't like the shoes that were out so he made his own shoes started showing up at events with his own shoes and um they were the family had a boot company that goes back to before world war ii when they were making world war ii boots and things like that so he literally had a shoe making warehouse in his backyard and it's like hey i want I want to go, I want to go make orienteering shoes. And his dad's like, yeah, okay, go for it. And he went out and he just started making some orienteering shoes and started, started running in them and just kind of built from there. So the very, very first shoes were all around speed, grip, performance, and, you know, uh, trying to get better, trying to be, be the best that he could be. That's amazing. That's a really a great story about someone just seeing and seeing a need. And then 40 years later, you yeah. got a guy in, uh, you know, in, in America, hawking these shoes everywhere yeah. he goes um did they was it you that kind of said to them you guys need to get into the ultra marathon space obstacle course racing is one thing but there's a huge yeah. avenue yeah. for ultra running yeah i think the way i looked at it is is you know at first it was just a hey let's sell somebody's ocr that's what i cared about the most and, and where i was going but then when you get a little bit of traction, people start talking to you about, you know, like we were talking about, people are really good about sharing their opinions and, you know, hey, I wear these for races, but I can't do my trail runs. I can't do my training runs. If you did this, if you did that, you know, that kind of a thing. And then I kind of realized that really just how small the OCR world is. And, mm-hmm. you know, I would say without a whole bunch of bravado or bragging, they were probably the number one shoe in OCR. But that doesn't mean a darn thing just because that pool is like a drop of water right. and we want to get to the 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 big that and then we want to get to the pool so we i always think of it as i got to get to be a smaller fish in a bigger pond and so that is obviously um trail running in general so moving from ocr to trail running and then trying to find our niche and our fit in that with kind of the mountain and um trail running crew that uh, that are out there and it's not Again, it's not so much if you're going to go do a, a trail that's wide and flat and, and stretchy. Like, um, you know, 
it's people who are going to do like the mountain courses, like up in the Northeast, right? If you go up into the White Mountains or the Adirondacks, um, you're going to see a lot of VJs up there. And they're just all over the place because they grip, they protect you from the roots and the rocks, um, and they don't wear out after three months or whatever. And you know, people have found we've gotten a little reputation. We have a we've had a couple of pros in that area who've spread the word to some of the shops, and some of the higher end runners. Um, I went out to um, last year's uh, U.S. national team qualifying event for the the, the national team. Yeah. Um, for the VK, it was and the uh, the 25k, and I took a bunch of samples, and my rep met me out there, and we had our tent, and I'm like, oh man, these are our people. We're going to sell a lot of shoes, and we did, we did, we sold some shoes, but I I was actually a little disappointed because they all had VJs already. I couldn't sell them any because they're like, <laughs> well, dude, I got four <laughs> pairs in my car, and I'm wearing these. Why do I need more? And I'm like, you're our people. I love you, but please buy some shoes. I flew all the way across the country. <laughs> Daddy doesn't have an expense account yet. Buy some shoes. Right. Yeah. Mama's not going to let me in if I don't bring some money home. Come on now. <laughs> so yeah, it was, uh, it, it's, it's finding that niche and, you know, you always want to move to the adjacent market and that's how you expand and grow bigger. You add more products to your current portfolio and serve your customers better, or you move tangentially over to the next niche and you just start keep expanding your niche and that's that's what i think um the focus is going to be i ocr will always have a a big piece of my heart um the people that do it are crazy maniacs shout out to all of you that are out there doing it or have tried to do one um but trail running is just such a bigger market there you know i i honestly think mountain and trail running is going to be in the olympics here pretty soon in the next couple of olympics why wouldn't that be something the u.s they're already it's under sure. the U.S. track and field. They've got the world championships. You've got you can go right now, people, and become a USA Olympic or USA athlete, a national athlete in trail running, and, and get to go to where did they just go? Belgium, I think, mm, a couple yeah. months ago for yeah. the world championships, and Thailand a couple months before that. There was a COVID delayed thing. They went to Thailand. Um, the people that do that are phenomenal, and um, so I, I think that's. That's where I want to, you know, help drive us to and get us to, and then, you know, be the year round. Like if you're going to train in the winter, you should wear our shoes and, and get some spikes on and go do real running shoes in the, in the snow, um, and the ice and, uh, running our shoes in the summertime too. So that, you know, one of the things that when it comes to building a new product is marketing. How do you let people mm-hmm. know about this thing? Yeah. And, you know, it's something that Nike spends millions of dollars on you know they just don't yeah. sit there and go like hey just make some videos some music they they put apple puts a lot of money into marketing one of the yeah. things about the trail and ultra running community though is there's almost a bit of a corporate pushback if you will if something's yeah. getting too yeah. corporate to the man they'll push back yeah. so how do you market a brand new product to a group of individuals that value authenticity and being a part of the community. Like if they, if, if, if yeah, ultra runners yeah. as a whole view you as an outsider, they ain't buying your shoe. You have to convince them yeah. that you are one of them and you and VJ yeah. is a part of this community. 
Yeah, that's 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 kind of the million dollar question, uh, isn't it? Um, I you know I've got some thoughts on that and the things that I'm trying. Um, so one of the things I've done is, is try to duplicate a little bit of the success that we had in OCR, right? So in OCR, we got some pretty high level athletes, like the best in the world at mm-hmm. doing Spartan races. And at one point, I think I had seven of the top 11 men uh, for OCR. So there, you could not see a podium without seeing our yeah. shoes. Um, and I think we had three of the top six women at the same time. So we had a really, really good mix. And we still got some really good loyalty from those people. And, they, you know, like everyone, they'll cross over and they'll do an ultra or a trail race or something like that. And they'll wear our shoes for that. So, um, but the other thing that I was doing was I was showing up. I was coming to the races. And even if I had one athlete and I'd hang out and talk to them, and they would introduce me to other people. And now I had more athletes to talk to and either give shoes for the higher end or give them at a discount for the lower end type athletes, hand out t-shirts or stickers or whatever, hats, whatever it was. And so I'm kind of doing this, I've kind of started this year doing the same kind of thing. I went to about half of the Cirque series races out in Salt Lake and, mm-hmm. and Denver area. Um, and those are our crazy kind of people. You know, you go to a ski resort and you're like sitting at the bottom and it's summertime. You're like, hey, you want to race to the top and come back down here? Huh? It's like 2,000 feet of elevation. I'll see you back down. You want to do that? It's like seven, eight miles. Let's do that, okay? And those are the crazies that are doing those races are so well done. They get such a good following. So went to a lot of those, met a lot of people, and we actually uh, had had some people wearing our shoes for in Belgium at the world trail championships because of those connections I made. So we're trying to do some grassroots level, you know, the old shoe dog, you know, the Phil Knight book that he came out with is the literally selling shoes out of the trunk of your car. That's what I'm doing. I'm driving my car around and trying to do that grassroots level. I'm calling on retailers because 2024 is going to be a big focus for us for retailers so we can get them out in front of people. There are still a lot of people that are a little shy about buying shoes online. And I get that, even though we have free returns, right. free exchanges, things like that. I get it. It's still weird to do that. And shoes are one of those things where you want to go and you see them and feel them, put them on compared to that one, compared to that one. So working on the retail channel as well. So we're trying to do grassroots. We're trying to get a couple of influencer pro kind of people not an influencer who's just gonna you know spritz themselves with water by the pool or something (laughs) like that but somebody like you said that's going to be that that gritty believable person that would appeal to people who have that built-in um oh what's the word they they just don't believe right like you you know nike had slapped somebody the said and said you're gonna run faster it's like yeah right whatever first of all nike's not really in trail all the new trail models are from what i hear they're they have actually come back around to being good shoes so a lot of people like that and um, i think that's a reaction to the growth in trail you know nike notices those things and when they ignored trail it was because it was small and ignorable um and now it's not it's not anymore exactly i think one of the biggest uh pr blunders one of the biggest marketing blunders in trail and ultra running i think you see this in the fact that their sales are so far down there was a time when the north face was the Mm. trail Mm. and ultra running brand everybody wore the shorts everybody wore the tops uh some people wore the shoes um their runners would wear other shoes and rip the logos off so you couldn't tell but at some point someone i don't know if it was 
an executive's nephew who took over in marketing said trail running's nothing. They dropped all of their teams. They they ignored yeah. the space, and then they saw a massive decline in in sales in that space and i think hoka wisely said "Ooh, did they just leave that on the floor let's pick it up and run with yeah. it and i think that's where we've yeah. seen the explosive growth there is value in teams right there is value in seeing jim walmsley wearing a hoka shirt wearing the the hoka speed oh, yeah. goats or whatever yeah um how has that been the conversation of talking to athletes is some of these higher level athletes in the sport yeah. and saying like, hey, I got a pair of shoes. I just want you to try. Just wear them and let me know what you think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's it, sometimes it's just like that. I mean, honestly, I, I always try and really be respectful of the lines. I'm not going to go to a, a signed athlete right. and say, you know, and think that, again, we're micro tiny. So I'm not going to think I can pay them anywhere close to what they're getting paid. And you know what these athletes like you said i think earlier is they got to eat so they you know if someone's paying them a living wage where they can eat and train full time and do do their love and their passion i've got to be able to match that if i even want to jump in and have a conversation right, right? and and that's something I'm, I'm we're not quite there yet but i do have some athletes that aren't signed that are kind of interested in it and you know going back again circling around back to the golf conversation is a lot of times i will bring it up with them and say just have us in your golf bag, have us in your quiver, right? Your, your bow and arrow, your quiver, just have us as an option because there are courses and there are um, trails and there are times when you're going to want more than what your current shoes can give you. And I think we're that shoe. So give us a try. Tell me what you think. If you hate them, send them back. If you don't keep them, wear them, tell me what you think. Um, and that's really how, I've gotten all of our professional athletes. I don't have, like I said, I don't have a lot of cash, so I can't outspend anybody. Right. This isn't the NBA where I can say, hey, you know, you want your own shoe and a $15 million a year contract? Sure, I'll do that. Right. Oh, you, you don't like our shoes? I don't care. Wear them anyways. <laughs> right. You know, it's <laughs> so I they have to love the shoes and, and all of our athletes that we've had and like our ambassadors that we have today and the athletes that are wearing our shoes today. Honestly, they do it because they like the shoes. Mm -hmm. um, and that actually means a lot to me. Um, hopefully someday I'm big enough and I can pay some people a good wage and I can pay some people to leave another shoe company and come over to be with our shoes that do it because not just they love the shoe, but also I can pay them enough. That's the point I want to get to next and grow grow the brand too. You talk too about getting in front of more retailers. There's situations like there's, yeah. there's, there's Fleet Feet, which is a company that owns shoe stores all over the united states have yeah. you have you found that guy's phone number somewhere have you been working the back alleys and going like i happen to have mr fleet's number in my phone yeah yeah there's uh there's a trade the shoe the the running event is the shoe trade show the running trade show coming up the week after thanksgiving down in austin texas and um, I've got some some pretty good email conversations going back and forth with some pretty influential people to um, to have, have some hopefully have some good success. We'll have our new shoes there because um, that's the other thing with the brand that they don't know about. And you're like, hey, we got some cool stuff. Do you want to buy some? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, why don't you send me a pair? Okay, 
uh, I don't have any right now, you know, and it kind of, right, it's kind of a right. conversation stopper, right? right. Um, so we're, we're getting the samples in, we're going to have some meetings with uh, the people there and yeah, I, hopefully we can join in and, and get in some fleet feats. We are in a couple stores up in, you know, um, up in the Lake Placid area and things like that. We've got some, our fans up there. Um, we're at Skinny Raven in Alaska. And of course, with our, with our winter running shoes, they're big fans of those. Yeah. He told me just last week, they're already getting snow up there. So I'm like, I got to send you more shoes. He's <laughs> like, yes, give me the new ones. Give me the new ones. So they're already starting to think like it's winter in some parts of the country. So it's, it's definitely uh, the page is turning. With it comes to the names, I'm thinking that a shoe manufacturer from Finland, like I'm wondering, is the is the Max in Finland called the Vierfrenzhofenschuhmannsvogen? And there's a lot of it's like it's like 75 characters long with a lot of with a lot of dots above U's. Do they just do yeah, they let yeah, you? Yeah. Do they say like, okay, Matt, what should we call the Vierfrenzhofenschuhmannsvogen? And you go like, let's just call it the Max. I wish. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I wish. No, they. They uh, they pick the names. They are the English that you see for the most part. You can go to their website and check out all of the different stuff. They're vjsport.fi, and uh, you can go to that their website. You see, they have winter boots, boots with spikes in them because mm-hmm. apparently they never plow the streets. So if you're walking to your neighbor's house, you have to have your spikes on to get you know over there. I I don't know, but they've got the boots with the spikes. They've got all the boots. They've got orienteering shoes. Um, I don't bring all of those things into the U.S., so you can kind of see their full lineup. But most of the shoes over there, even if you don't convert the site back to English as soon as you get there, you would recognize the Max and the Ultra and the thing and the Extreme Two and things like that. So, no, they they sometimes I wonder where they do get the names from at all, and I wish they would allow me to um, at least have a little input into the names, but. You know, I'll be on my weekly call and they're like, well, yeah, you want to get the blah, blah, blah shoe. And I'm like, wait, what? That That's a new shoe? Wait, <laughs> when is this coming? Where is this on the roadmap? I don't see this on the roadmap. What is this going on? I'm like, oh, yeah, we're going to do this, this, this. It's going to be a this. I'm like, oh, my God, you guys, come on. Don't you worry, Matt. You're going to really appreciate yeah. the favorite conference you're going for when it comes yeah, out. No, it's it's going to be awesome. It's going to be the best shoe ever. <laughs> By the way, the website is www.vjshoesusa.com. Or you can go to the finished version That's and just me. have have knock yeah. yourself out oh, in yeah. Finland. <laughs> test, test your Finnish language reading skills out. And yes, they do use a lot of uh, umlauts and dots and all kinds of stuff. There are lots of dots. And every so, and everybody's last name is in Sun. Because they're they got the sun yeah. that's a very popular Ericsson. Odinson, Evenson, they got a, they got a lot of that, a lot of that over there. Um, as someone who's been in marketing, I wanted to ask you this when you brought it up earlier, but I didn't want to weave it into the conversation about the shoes. As someone who has been working, bringing products to retail your whole life, what was you don't have to give a brand name. I'm dying to know what was the strangest product that you were asked to bring to retail space. Oh boy. Um... So I've never been any not safe for work uh, product lines or anything like that. So don't have to worry about me going off the rail on that. <laughs> I think there's a, I think there's just been some really questionable products where it's my job as a salesperson to go pitch it to the retailers. So I'm supposed to, you know, get it because product marketing thinks it's going to be awesome. <laughs> and you sit across from the buyer and you're like, 
you, you, you know, as a sales guy, you're going to front stack the things that you love first. You're going to tell them about these and this and that, and how they match up with their competitors. And then you're like, oh, yeah. And by the way, product marketing wanted me to show you this. <laughs> no? Okay, fine. Um, <laughs> I tried. Like, yeah, no, man. I like, tried. <laughs> yes, 100%. <laughs> Guys, I tried. They just shot it down. They just didn't even tell me why. They just didn't like it. I told you, but, you know. <laughs> I tried, but these other three, they really like, right. and they think they're going to burn them. And you present it when you tell them, like, listen, and I said, I'm saving the best for last. Buckle up, everyone, because here it comes. <laughs> exactly. And they were like, yeah. no, I right didn't. before. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. No, 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 guys. You know, I pitched it. I'm a professional salesperson. Of course, I tried to sell that. I heard the greatest quote the other day from a guy at work who's big in sales. And I, I don't know if he, I don't I don't think he came up with it. I think he heard it from someone else and, and relayed it, but it made perfect sense to me. And I think it applies to so many things. And he said, sales is just a transfer of enthusiasm. Yeah. And I was like, boy, like that. doesn't that boil it down to its simplest form? If yeah. you're not excited about it, if you're not yeah. presenting excitement, if you're not presenting intensity emotion, why would anybody buy whatever it is yeah. you're selling? Yeah. That is that is that is the baseline for sales. I mean, that's like the, the you know the base of the pyramid of what mm -hmm. you're going to do. That has to be the base. Um, I'm lucky. My whole career, I've, I've I'm a product guy. I like the gadgets. Yeah. I like my phones and my keyboards and all that kind of stuff. And so I've always been real lucky to have worked in an industry that I had actually passion for the products. I mean, if it was, uh, I can't even think of something, but if it was something else that I didn't care for, it'd be a lot harder for me to, to have that baseline of enthusiasm because you have to have that. You have to understand the product, how it fits in, what what competitors are out there or not. Yeah. Um, but it's funny because you can't, that's the baseline, but you can't rely on that. I've been with so many founders of small companies and we've got 10, 20 people and he got $5 million from VC to bring some product to market or yeah. whatever. And he goes into a Walmart or a Target meeting with the buyers and just tries to gloss over and use enthusiasm as the only thing. And he just walks right into the Mack truck that is a, you know, a buyer, even if they're 24, 25 years old, mm -hmm. they've been through the training they've been brought up and they're like, no, it doesn't. And then the guy's like, yeah, but it's the and like, no, and it's, you see, you see that, that impact. It's not just enthusiasm. You have to stack so much over the top yeah. of it, but if you're <clears throat> missing that bottom layer, good luck to you, man. It's a foundation. Uh, you said you're a gear yeah. guy, yeah. Matt. I want to know other than the VJ shoes that you're wearing 24 seven, you even got those fancy schmancy VJ slippers you wear to bed. Um, what is your favorite piece of trail running gear right now? Um, right now I got, uh, my mud gear, I got some new mud gear socks. I really like, uh, the mud gear brand of mm -hmm. socks. I'm rocking a lot of those. Um, I just go, oh, I was super excited. I, my, my heart rate, strap the strap finally died I was, apparently you're supposed to wash them or something <laughs> mine just stands in the corner um until i'm ready to put it back on and finally the little snaps you know rusted off so i had to buy a whole new strap for for that and i put it on on sunday's run i'm like man this is so soft i feel good <laughs> this is nice i didn't so i take better care of that um 
you know, one thing I'm always looking for, God, if somebody could help me out, I, I need a hat. I sweat a lot. And so even mm-hmm. if it's not raining or whatever, I need to keep the sweat out of my eyes. So always trying to find the new hat, the perfect hat. I wore a, like a, a headband beanie cap because it wasn't, I didn't need a, a bill. Yeah. And that, that worked pretty good. Um, I like my hydration bottles. I like to, uh, so I got some, uh, the Nathan behind the back one, yeah, the, yeah. the sideways one. Yeah. I got that. Um, and then I'm, you know, I, I don't want to start a, a holy war here, but I'm an Apple watch guy. So, uh, <laughs> now, is it the standard are, one or the loyal ultra? to their brands? Yes, they are. You think people loyal about brands of shoes? Why do we start talking about watches? Oh my, oh my gosh. gosh. I'm yes. Not, I'm not going down that route. Not at all. <laughs> um, I, I have the original ultra Apple watch. So the one year okay. old one. Yeah, that's a, it's a beautiful watch, and I've and I'm, I'm waiting for it. It's going to happen soon enough. I really and I'm I'm showing you my phone. I would really love to replace this thing with just a watch. If I could have a watch that I could have all day long, we could charge it at night. Could easily respond to phone calls, text messages, go do my runs, and not worry about battery life, and even to run races in them. I, that that to me. So it might be the Apple ultra three or four for me because they're getting darn close to a realistic battery life for day-to-day life um for, for what yeah. i'm looking for but yeah I, I i can't blame you it's a beautiful watch it really is yeah well and just to defend myself before everyone starts jumping i've had garments i absolutely love garments but i don't like the screens on the regular garments the ones that get all of the battery life that everyone talks yeah because I'm indoors most of the time. I don't, I'm not outside working and running for my life. I'm indoors and I don't like that, that screen technology. So, and I do use my Apple watch for everything. I respond to text via voice on it. I get my notifications. I, I use it kind of like what you just described. I, with my, with my headphones and the watch, I go out and run. That's all I take. I don't take my phone or anything like that. I got my podcast, my music's downloaded. Um, text for my wife or my kids or whatever and i respond right there on the trail uh as i'm going so for me it does fulfill that life and i like the computer on my wrist aspect of it yeah um so i like i said i had i had a guard three different garments over about a six-year period and as soon as i knew apple at some point would come out with a the one that lasted longer the ultra i didn't know it was going to be called that but i knew they right. were coming out with it and I was, uh, you know, five minutes into the order period, I had my order in. I knew that's the watch I wanted. So I'm very, very happy with it. So as the VJ shoe guy, you're, you would say you could really have a great, wonderful run wearing the Apple Watch Ultra 2 and running in the VJ Ultra 2s. <laughs> Absolutely. 100%. <laughs> bada boom, bada bing. Absolutely. 